0: Yo, good morning, troublemakers! It is Tuesday, May third. All the nerds are excited for tomorrow, but we'll talk about then. We talk <laughs> about tomorrow. Today, we're talking about EV credits ending, five hundred thousand retirees re-entering the workforce. What? Everywhere I go, the people really want to know man, who I is and This one surprised me. Man, wait a, to a second. You no so cracking on me, the watch nerds watch before May fourth is even the here, kill, man? When
1: really real, Unbelievable.
0: You know, I think the concentration <laughs> of nerds has. The concentration of nerds has definitely increased within the walls of a Sodu, um, yes. so I think I'm just more aware of the excitement, anticipatory energy coming. Right, I think it's like a big I holiday. Before. It's a it big is. holiday, and it is. In we a don't a lot of those worlds. We don't only have the nerds in the halls, but you know, we have spouses of the nerds. Um, there's there's just a broad level of excitement for May the fourth, so yes. uh, maybe we'll do a, <laughs> we spe- do a little. something special. It's already <laughs> on my mind. Well, I typed in the date today into the. Was like we May should the, 3rd. The, the
1: podcast should start off like like scrolling scrolling thing. Oh, across. maybe a
0: parody video. We can vilify <laughs> people. And and we can make people hear <laughs> so, Oh, that would be sideways. Uh, that would which be good. I think that comment may have sent all our resident nerds scrambling for ideas right now. I know exactly right. what to do. Um, I got it, I got it. <laughs> this is great. This is great. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into that's it. So that's good. tomorrow. That's tomorrow. That, yeah, that's tomorrow. So um today today a few things came up before you do that. We just want to remind you that just less than a week away, May 9th, Monday, we have an awesome event. It's our first one of the year. So we're super excited for it. May 9th, Monday night, first night, of digital dealer. We are having the Asotu family reunion remix, a remix of last year's event, which was a huge hit. I mean, it was one to remember. I'm still literally still seeing selfie pictures circulate from that event on LinkedIn. Like, Oh, for sure.
1: Now, yeah. And and now they're coming back. Cause it's like, remember
0: last year, here we go. That's right. right? That's yep. right. And so it's really um, fun. we thought yesterday, you know, your tickets are selling. We still have tickets left. Um, dealers are free this year which is different than it was last year actually different than it has been for all of our events where dealers have had to pay yeah. full price um our friends at Audify paid for all the dealer tickets so if you're a dealer or a dealership employee uh you can come for free and it's not just food and drinks we're gonna have awesome food and awesome drinks but we have a retail swag experience we're giving away cash for gas money uh we're gonna have some live hosted live streams, so it's gonna be a uh a, a big step up. It's a remix, right? Big step up from last year. It's,
1: it's going to be a ton of fun. So, and what I think, you know, what we've started to realize is that wherever these events are across the U S right. Whether we're, whether we're a digital dealer or doing our own thing or whatever it is, we we've started to recognize, wow, that tapping into the local tapestry of dealers is so important. So if you know of any dealers or dealer personnel that are actually in Tampa, even if they're not attending digital dealer, the greater Tampa, St. Pete area, even if they're not attending digital dealer, that's, that's what's so cool about this event is it's a, it's a low barrier of entry opportunity to be around, uh, the great thinkers in automotive. So, just send them the link, tell them to come on, get, get, get yeah. to, uh, get down next to the water on American social that night. And I mean, we know people that are flying in just for that, just that's for the, the event, truth. literally and not going to digital dealers. So goodness, at, at least the local people can come on by. Uh, that's, that's why we want to be there. We want to serve the community and serve the dealer community no matter where we're at.
0: Yeah. So if you're a vendor, a local rep, even if you know right now, any dealership employee, whether that's uh, an owner, a manager, um, a service writer, Send them the link. Tell them, hey, there's this thing going on. You're a dealer employee. You can go for free. We'd love to welcome them into this community, and then maybe we can get them into the community, right? Like, the more people that are thinking uh, this way about the industry and thinking a little more deeply, a little more broadly about the industry, we all know that makes it all better. So, hey, right now, if you know somebody, send them a text. You know, let them know about the event. Tell them they can get a ticket for free if they work at a dealer, and uh, it's not just a free. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to try to sell them a timeshare. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) we're actually
1: we're giving them we're letting them in free giving them free food free drink and free swag
0: and literally no oh, acts. all we it's want great. is for them to be better and to take some yes, of that energy exactly. back to their store on tuesday it's the only requirement paul you're <laughs> such a guy what a guy <laughs> you're such a guy let's talk about a little news today um Toyota is next in line to lose the EV credit, the $7,500 EV credit that has been going around because if you remember when it initially was put to place, it had a vehicle limit. You can only claim the credit for 200,000 vehicles. Um, Toyota's next in line. Tesla was the first one to hit it. Obviously, all they sell is EVs. Um, And who was second to hit it? Somebody else hit it. Um, Uh, Would it be Nissan? Has Nissan already hit it? I have no clue. Maybe GM. Did I think GM, GM already do it. I think GM hit it or yeah. Okay. Two have gone. I'll check the, I'll check the article at some check point. So basically they're projecting someone, that someone Toyota will be at 183,000 uh, EVs by the end of uh, 2021. That's where they were and where they landed. Um, you know, 8,400 of those were last quarter. And so they're really rocketing to that. Um, you know, and what happens is after you hit 200,000, it actually starts to phase out. The credit gets halved for the next quarter and then halved again for the, the second quarter after you hit the mark. And uh, so uh, some GM, Tesla, Toyota, they're lobbying for an extension, right? Saying like, hey, we need to extend this. Because if you think about it, the credit was really to incentivize people to get the vehicle when there was a lot of confusion and questioning about it, to incentivize manufacturers to produce more of these. But as we know now, manufacturers by 2030, right? Right. But <laughs> we're 30. so doing a parody on that. Right? Thing. Me, we're going but every to everybody's it. in the game now. Um, so they're saying, hey, let's extend it because the early adopters are actually going to be now at a disadvantage, the ones who did all the work to try to get the early adoption. So they're trying to lobby to extend it, but they are also lobbying against additional credits on top of that. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that something?
1: Well, and, you know, actually Elon's come out a few times and been like this, it's actually not good for the EV market to continue to extend all of the credits because uh, what it does is it is it makes it so that when they do go away, there's less of an affinity to the EV market because there's such aggressive credits out there. I mean, I remember back you know, when, when I was selling lease back in the day, you could get up to $10,000 in credits because of like different state and, and federal, uh, opportunities in Tennessee. And so, you know, that totally devalues the vehicle. Um, you know, some people only got in because it was, it was that. And so I think that there's some level, there's, there's some somewhere in between still at this point, because there still needs to be incentive to go there. Um, you know, especially thinking like, you know, I've been talking to uh, Brian Kramer and Jared Kilway, like just thinking about what people have to pay to get something installed in their home. That's, right?
0: I mean, I feel like that makes a rational, a rational incentive, right? right? If you yep. buy an EV, like having, because it's almost like an infrastructure incentive. Yes. Because if actually, you have it installed in your home, guess what? When you move and sell that home, it's already equipped with an EV charging station, right? So. Yep. so I mean, which worked for people who own homes, but apartment living and stuff like that. Eh, not so exciting. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> not so, exciting. so Like Bedstock was like, we don't have a 3000 foot extension cord.
1: <laughs> so you had to go to the, to go to the 10th floor out the of the building. Of <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so That's it's
0: creepy. like, I, I, I agree. It's, it's one of those things where it creates a false, a false floor in the market and sure. it kind of messes up capitalism. <laughs> right. Which in the end, right. Somebody's left holding that bag. Somebody's left holding the bag, and obviously there's a lot of momentum. We have EV backlog orders, right? There's no shortage of demand, right? So, and there's no shortage of attention on it. So, I think uh, the takeaway. Yeah, we
1: we actually we had an article in the the pushback email this morning about uh, a bill that's about to well that is getting pushed into being signed that uh, would throw billions of dollars into EV infrastructure, right? Yeah, and so it's it's really interesting that um, that you've got like this continued need for government intervention in order to see EVs take, to have a foothold, right? Because the infrastructure is so deep on the internal combustion on the gas level um, to speed it up. Like everyone's talking 2030. And I think that that's just so quick. And so the only way to do it is continue to incentivize both the private and public sector um, to get, everything ready for an EV future.
0: Yeah. And the jury's out on like whether or not we'll be able to get there. We've talked about that before. Big takeaway we think for dealers is that it's good to pay attention to the air war, right? What's going on at the top levels, but really you're always going to win or lose based on the ground game that you control. Right? Exactly. Don't, Don't make a business on incentives. Don't make a business on inventory levels, right? You make a business on everything else.
1: Exactly. Uh, Nissan dealers know this all too well. Oh, so. yeah. They do. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Nissan dealer and you've been a Nissan dealer for longer than seven years, you know exactly what I mean. Um, you know, my so, mother yeah.
0: visited over the weekend, and when she came up, she rented a Rogue, like a new Rogue. I'm yeah. Like, that sucker's nice. Yeah. Yeah, they've, yeah, they've changed nice the game card. a little bit, for sure. Yeah, it yeah. freaked her out. She's like, I didn't know what it was doing. It was fighting me on the road. It's like, well, it was oh, like. Oh, yeah. It wasn't fighting parts her. her. It was fighting yep. her to stay in the lane, I guess. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Your spouse to to drive them. better. <laughs> Speaking of workers over fifty-five, Stop. hey! <laughs> did you prep that one? Not at, at all. It just, it just, it. Just, that just hit me. I wasn't. I just <laughs> brought just up came to that, you. The rogue That's just magical. came up as a rogue thought. Um, new study or new data came out. Uh, this is from a Wall Street Journal podcast that workers over fifty-five years old are actually re-entering. The workforce for the first time in a really long time, what they call the labor participation rate of mm. that demographic went up uh, to 38.9% from 38.4%. Now, I know you're saying that's not a lot, but there's point,
1: a lot of people point in that 5%, age.
0: 5%, <laughs> right? But that yep. equals half a million people who have re entered the workforce, many of them citing inflation and rising costs. They're rethinking their retirement. So that number typically stays steady or goes down, which is why the reversal and experts are saying they expect it to continue to rise. Two people they focused on in this podcast interview, one uh, named Veronica, a retired South Carolina school teacher. She's reluctantly looking for a job as an educational consultant. She was a teacher. Hmm. She has a history in that. Um, She's basically been babysitting her grandchildren right, for some extra money, but now with the cost rising, fuel costs, food costs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She's like, she's reluctant, but she's like, I have to go back to the workforce if I want like to maintain. A so what you're life. telling
1: me is everyone in South Carolina should go look on Indeed for a young lady or a lady named Veronica oh. and find out if she wants to be a training manager for their dealership. Is that, that, what, you're, that's is that what you're trying to tell exactly, me, Paul? I see exactly what, you what I'm saying
0: because like she's, she doesn't want a nine to five, right? She did that but she does want to like contribute somewhere. She does have a lot of experience. She does have a lot of maturity, right? And now Perfect. she wasn't available. Yep. Everyone counted her out. The other story they had was a, a gentleman named Bruce. He's 64 years old. He's been retired for a year and he's one of the guys. It's like, you know what? I realize how much I miss working. Right. And maybe that wouldn't be enough to get him back into the yep. labor force, but with costs and his retirement plan, you know, you think about, I need this many years at this much money. That's all gone out the window," he said in the in the interview. He's like, you know, I factored in like one to two percent inflation into the calculation, but not like seven to twelve <laughs> percent, right? So, wow. uh, yeah. and, and so, exactly. what was what was his industry? So uh, compliance
1: and information management. You mean there's some legislation. As the Graham Graham Leach-Bliley <laughs> Act comes back into play, and increased compliance measures are necessary at the dealership level. You might want someone who has experience at that from. A from a mature level to be able to inspect your business at an admin level. You mean there might be people out there in the world that have that expertise?
0: People named Bruce. Like Bruce. Who are 64 years old? I see what you did there, Paul. You see what I'm, what I'm saying? People, people named Bruce. And like that's this again, these are not when you look at compliance. Let's just talk about that for a second. You you're not gonna have a full time person on compliance. You're just not right. Not initially, at least. Good news is Bruce doesn't want to work full time. Right? (laughs) Come on, now. It's good news for everybody. Or maybe you're an industry partner who leans into compliance, and again, having somebody on a consultative basis who wants to work, who likes the team dynamic, who's get this, grateful to be there. Wow. Right? There's an element of of gratitude that the both of these people that we mentioned are going to have coming into labor force. So I think that again, we we talk about takeaways, right? How do you leverage these uh, these folks coming back into the workforce and are growing out, right? You can cater to them with your job offerings, with your placements, with just being aware that it's out there and target them. Because if yep. you talk about someone who's going to be excited to be there, who is um, an adult, right? They've, they've been through the working world. They understand systems and teams and structures. They understand relying on one another. Like they've actually finished the race in one sense. So you can already yep. like kind of see how the story ended. Right, they're not just getting started. There's a there's a big opportunity,
1: you know. Yeah, I would just go visit every Cracker Barrel locally and see <laughs> see if you can find. No, that was terrible. That was a bad joke. Someone ripped that out of there. Someone get that out of there. No, but seriously, like, go find. I, this is it's the same. I, like, r- realistically, where are the people that you need to find to fill the labor shortage? It's like before it was like. Go to the local shoe shop. Go to the Dick's Sporting Goods to find your next salesperson. Right. Well, Horizon. maybe you need to take care of like compliance or training and learning, which is a big piece of what we're talking about in the automotive industry. Well, a lot of those people are actually being found in an older workforce. So where are those people hanging out, spending their time, maybe currently working that you can go make inroads to find out how to bring those people into your workforce. And so, um, I make Cracker Barrel kind of as a, as a, as a backhanded, you know, joke there, but at the same time, like start thinking about where are those people, where are those places where you can go and engage with the, with that workforce?
0: Well, look, I think if anyone walked in a Cracker Barrel and looked around, they'd be like, oh yeah, I get it. (laughs) I get it. But the truth is right now, like think of the the educators, like let's think education, think of the educators, the teachers that you've sold cars to, that you do business with, that you give money to the local schools so they can do whatever, right? It's not a bad idea to reach out to them and say, hey, like I've heard that, you know, some people are coming out of retirement. Um, if anyone is ever looking, you know, we're looking to expand education, not on a full time basis, and it might be a really good fit, right? That's where it starts. So hopefully this spurs a little thought. That person comes to mind and maybe you'll ask. Um, finally, uh, something that we included in the show today, because it's really near and dear to our hearts, is that Facebook, not Meta, right? Meta is the parent company, Facebook is the social media platform. Facebook is rolling up its podcast platform. After just one year to which you said, I didn't know Facebook had a podcast platform <laughs> to which we say, that's why <laughs> that's why
1: bingo. Yeah. We actually had our, our podcast connected via Facebook yeah, and did. I don't think it ever got a single listen because that's not where people to go to go to find that stuff. And, you know, to like layer in that as an intentional, an intentional, um, like place to go to find podcasts is such like. I just never saw that absolutely succeeding. They would have to like build out a whole nother platform, I think, instead of embedding it in because there's already, I mean, already people go into Facebook and it's like 18,000 notifications. There's no way you could keep track of podcasts. People don't go there
0: there. to listen to podcasts, right? Which is a big deal. When you think about social media in general, people have a different mindset when they go into different platforms, right? When you go into Pinterest, guess what? You're looking to buy something. Right? Yeah. Looking to buy something. You need ideas so you can go buy something. When you drop into Facebook, you're not looking to buy something unless you're a marketplace. You're not looking to listen to podcasts. But if you're on Clubhouse or if you're on Spotify, right, even now Twitter even more. Like they had a quicker tie to fast conversations that are relevant yep. to really modern topics, right? Because Twitter moves at that speed. People are in that mindset. I love this quote from uh, Facebook spokesperson. Uh, I'm going to mess this up. Adelaide coronado that's a great name adelaide coronado very good it took me a second um says we're constantly evaluating the features we offer so we can focus on the most meaningful experiences so i think our takeaway she said it takeaway for auto dealers be willing to fail be fast to fail fail forward right even if the largest most well resourced company in the world says you know what we tried it we put a lot of resource behind it it didn't work why because people weren't looking for that experience you can do it too so what you're
1: trying to say is get really good at the best things so that you can provide the best experience on those and not spread yourself so thin that you're doing so many things that you don't even know how
0: to take care of. That, yeah, that could be like, that's like a spoken word poem.
1: It could be a whole you thing. Could,
0: you couldn't repeat that again, though.
1: No, I couldn't. But at <laughs> least it's recorded, ladies and gentlemen. At it's least the it's only recorded. only
0: that matters. So we're going to leave you with that ah. today, right? Focus on the things that you're great at. You find what you're great at, what your customers really want, what the experience they want. Put those two together and you have yourself one really amazing Tuesday.